Welcome to, welcome to Love Wild. I'm Andrew May. And I'm Katie May. We are a community that explores how to love wild. <laughs> We're here today to talk about making meaning. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. That sounds like something you're into. Let's go. Are we keeping that? We should keep that. That was probably the best intro we've ever done. I hope somebody else got a good laugh. Dude, we got a case of the sillies <laughs> right before we started. Because <laughs> we were thinking about how weird it is to just do normal things like podcasting or... Eating lunch. Eating a taco salad. <laughs> like, we were just thinking about how things were 200 years ago. And Yeah. It, yeah. We, we are also today, we're talking about making meaning and we're talking about as it relates to just like coming out of this pandemic. So this whole conversation came up because Katie and I were having the discussion of like, I don't know if, if you all have felt like this. I don't know if Katie's really felt like this, but I have really struggled post pandemic and I know it's not even technically done. I don't really know. (sighs) You know, at this point. Yeah. They're still, (laughs) they're still deciding you know, what the rules are for all of this. And and I know people are still dying from it. And, um, you know, that's not a good thing. So I don't want to make light of that, but I also like in my mind, it just feels like everything's opened back up. Even like airlines have been like, Hey, we're ditching masks. And then certain people are like, not so fast. So, uh, we're in this weird time that feels somewhat post pandemic. But basically we were having the conversation of, it just feels really hard now to find as much enjoyment, as much joy in some of the things that used to provide a lot of pleasure or enjoyment to us feeling like we're getting somewhat of a watered down version of things. I think a lot of people have realized, I don't think I really want to do this. I don't think I really want to be a waiter or I don't really want to be a teacher. I don't really want to do this with my life. So, and, and I think some people are still on the fringes of that. And I think you can feel that sometimes when you're, when you're in a space and it's just like, Oh, okay. This, this isn't at all like what it used to be. Um, or maybe I'm not at all like I used to be. And that's why everything feels so different. So mm. I think that Katie framed it really well for me in terms of grief. Like I, I it didn't even like enter my mind that this whole process has been a one of, of grief for us as a nation and us as individuals and In the world really. Yeah. And like, I, I didn't pride, maybe I did pride myself somewhat on when my mom died in 2018, just really uh, just before her death, I had taken on this grief project and really wanted to try to understand these feelings that I was feeling better. So I, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of these things, but when they creep up in very uh, nebulous ways, it's really hard to see and to tell that it's actually grief. So like part of, you know, I'll I'll go back over real quick what the stages of grief are. And we've kind of discussed that there's actually like a sixth stage of grief, which is making meaning. And we'll, you know, that's what we want to talk about today. So uh, the stages of grief are denial, sadness and depression kind of are one bargaining, anger, and acceptance. And I feel like through my discovery of my own grief, that healing is a better 
term than acceptance because acceptance applies that you accept the results. And I never really accepted the results of my mom's death or her cancer journey, but I did have to work through a process of healing. Otherwise, you know, that, that was just going to stay a wound open forever, you know, that could get infected with all sorts of not great stuff. So, uh, the, the sixth stage of grief, which isn't like an official, but is that being like touted among? Yeah. So there's this, I guess, I don't know what his title is to be honest, but he worked with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who basically sort of titled the initial stages of grief. His name is David Kessler and he has written a book now, maybe a couple of books about the sixth stage of grief and talks a lot about making meaning, which I think another word for could be like integration or integrating grief back into our lives. Because if we just get to a point of acceptance or healing even, but we don't really make meaning of it or integrate it back in, sometimes it can feel a little bit dissociated from our actual life, I think sometimes. Mm -hmm. So when we think about how we've lived through this pandemic so far, I think sometimes it's hard to even know how to make meaning from some of it. One, because we're still kind of in it and there's still a lot going on. But like you said, it does feel like, okay, this is going to be a new way of life from here on out. Like COVID's not going anywhere at this point. So how do we carry on and also make meaning from the last two years of our life? And how do we integrate what we've learned, what we've been awakened to? Because I think we've all had moments of really questioning, like what matters in life? What? And I think that's what like death does too. It makes us stop and think, okay, if this, if something so traumatic can happen so quickly and life can just look so different so fast. What's the point? Mm. Or like, what do I even do with that? Mm, What is the point? Yeah. I think that that's why our topic is so important because it's like, what is the point? If, if you are asking that question, you're like, Oh shit, I don't know. Then that's your work to do. You know, I think that's partly my work right now is like, yeah, how do, how do I make meaning out of life? Like it's, and, uh, I think the phrasing of the word is really important. It's not like find meaning, like finding you could go out and looking and not actually locate it. You might not locate the meaning of life, but I think you, it requires activity from you. It requires you actually trying and sitting with yourself, sitting through discomfort or, uh, yeah, just being honest with yourself. We did those joy lists and we did our like anti-joy lists. And I think that those types of things are helpful indicators. They're, They're helpful pointers to like, what's meaningful to you. You're the only one who can really decide, you know, if your life is meaningful or not. So, what is meaningful to you and how can you craft your life in a way that, you know, goes after that meaning. And, you know, if it's travel, like if you feel like 
I'm here to just travel everywhere and to just experience all of it while I'm here, then focus in more on that. If it's parenting, like if you just feel like you're here to really guide your children, then, you know, focus on that, not to the neglect of yourself, but, uh, you know, I think that so often we, we look for meaning in just the mundane. Like we look for meaning in social media is a very, um, easy place to look for meaning. It's like, is this what the world is saying? Is this the narrative of earth? Is this the narrative of the world? And if that's where you look, like if you're following a lot of media or a lot of just cultural like Twitter, and this is what we, this is what the Twitter sphere says. Elon Musk is buying Twitter now. Oh, the, uh, the right is celebrating cause free speech and the libs are, there's lib tears everywhere. It's like, whatever, like you, you can get caught up in. I don't a, even know what you're talking about. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Elon was, Elon had bought Twitter? I think I saw something about it the other day and I was like, what does this even mean? I, yeah, I what does it mean for the actual average person? No idea. <laughs> it, it, like you and I don't use Twitter, so it really holds no bearing on me in any way. Like, I think there are some people who felt like there was a stake in it. Like, you know, Donald Trump got kicked off of Twitter. So some would say that's a, um, that's infringing on freedom of speech. Some would say he was saying really dangerous things. And that's why he was like, it's a private company that made a decision. And it's an interesting thing when we have these tech billionaires or these like, like guys like, Elon Musk or guys like Bezos or Bill Gates, like yeah, the Zucks of the world, like essentially like deciding policy. And, and anyways, like if you're looking to that and to them and to these platforms, these social media platforms to tell you what reality is, I think that's part of why we're so fucked up Mm. is we're like, Oh, reality is getting on, uh, reels and lip syncing a song and you know, like it, there you go it, back to the reels. I gotta, I gotta get my digs <laughs> in on the reels, dude. I gotta sometimes get the digs out on the reels. Um, I think that that's part of it. It's not reality. Mm. And I think some people, like a lot of people know it's not, they're just like, this is entertainment, but how many hours are you spending on that? Just vapid entertainment. That's not going to do a whole lot for you. It's like, Oh, I relate to that. That's funny. Nothing wrong with things that are funny. Like I like comedy stuff. I like, uh, all that. But I guess what I'm saying is if you are looking to either social media platforms, news media, any of that stuff to tell you what reality is or to tell you anything about meaning, then you're looking in the wrong place. Yeah. So you were saying, I think you have to make it within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that look like just from your perspective? Um, of avoiding kind of somewhat what I just said, like, or, or doing it from a measured approach. Like I'm not saying don't be on social media. I feel like in our day and age, it's slightly unrealistic. Like, but I would say limit yourself, mm-hmm. you know, have some discipline, have some self-control. I think a lot of it comes down to discipline for finding your meaning, like making meaning. And that may sound weird, like discipline, really, but being disciplined enough to have boundaries for yourself and to 
be disciplined enough to sit with yourself through discomfort. So for me, a lot of stuff comes up when I journal or when I actually sit with hard things and allow them to play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think even podcasting sometimes some of that stuff comes out because it's like I'm actually sitting down with another human being talking about things that matter. Um, and things like walks, I love taking walks to help me. I, I know that walks always give me clarity and I specifically love hiking, um, going into the woods, going out in nature and helping bring me back to that place of just clarity. The energy that's there in the woods is always super inviting, positive and alive. And it helps me just kind of get into a better headspace of like, what do I want to do with this life? Mm. So yeah. How about you? Well, I think as you were talking, one of the things that kind of came up was, yeah, you can't really make meaning by looking externally. I think meaning only comes when we're willing to go inward and sit with ourselves and really process the emotional components of all of the things that we go through in our lives and the lived experiences that we have. Because even though we've all been a part of this pandemic life, every one of us have had different experiences that warrant us the time and space it takes to process that and integrate that. I mean, just from our, our tiny little perspectives on the global scale, we've, you know, really done a lot of deep work in our marriage and learned how to be parents to kids virtually schooling at home. And I'm in healthcare and all of that, you know, you're in your own business and learning how to adjust with that. And then, you know, just all of the little bits and pieces of it, you know, I think we all have our own perspectives to go inward with. And the only person that can make meaning about any of that for you is you. So I think it's really an important point that you made that so often I think when we're not sure or trying to find answers, our first thing now to do is to go external when in the very thing that's actually probably going to give us the most meaningful answer is within ourselves. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I think that, so part of one of my biggest revelations from doing a project on grief through art and photography and through words was realizing that it's really helpful to sit with some of those things to be able to call a thing what it is, you know, to be able to, to label essentially, Oh, this feels like denial. It's mm-hmm. hard to, that's one of the trickiest ones is denial. Cause you're, you're saying this isn't really happening or this doesn't exist or denial is very hard to articulate or see in yourself. But I think what I'm realizing just, it kind of blew my mind when you were framing this from a place of grief, this whole pandemic and all of it. Cause yeah, like for me, it's been mostly just frustrating. Like I've just been in a state of 
frustration and, you know, trying my best with all of it, but just feeling Mm. like under the thumb, essentially not like massively oppressed, but it's, it's felt like a form of oppression. And so really, you know, in sitting with some of those things and honoring, like, maybe I am just pissed off. Maybe I'm just really pissed off about the way the last five years has gone. And the fact that I have zero control over it Mm. and actually allowing that to come in and, and calling it for what it is. And maybe, you know, I found for me that things were, that were really helpful were throwing things. So like throwing rocks specifically uh, into water was really helpful to me uh, at the ocean, throwing shells into the ocean was really helpful. Uh, but allowing that anger to come in and just really like out of frustration or out, like allowing those things that are internal to go external, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like what you you just described is what we often do. What our default mode is, is to look to the external and to bring that internal. So we look to the things like social media and all these different places and we, we internalize a lot of that stuff that piles on even more. It creates more stress. It makes us say, Oh, I'm not living my life as well as this other person is that I'm seeing doing all the great things, or I'm not as funny as this person. My photography is not as good as this person. They're Mm -hmm. way further along in their career than I'll ever be. You know, it can do that kind of damage. So I think that those things are a distraction. I don't think they're the worst things in the world, but it just feels like we've reached this place of where everything is so accessible that it's just, it's that's the path of least resistance and the path that we often choose. And so a more difficult path is introspection, sitting with various forms of grief of, you know, like denial, bargaining, sadness, anger, all of those things and moving to a place of like actually sitting with them and coming up with strategies that will help you move through some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, another thing that's really been kind of coming up for me lately, lately is it's two things. One in the last week I've pulled this card twice And it's called the we are nature card. And it's just sort of a reminder. Like we often think nature is like out there (laughs) outside of ourselves. And while it is true, like we do, we do go put ourselves in nature to help with some of these things. Like you said, that's a really healing thing. And it is, but also reminding ourselves that we are also nature. And so our relationship with our own bodies and our own care of ourselves ultimately is a reflection of, of what we think about nature and mother earth and how we can integrate that back into ourselves really. And then also realizing that if we are a part of nature, we too have cycles and part of the cycles is just like with winter, spring, summer, and fall, right? Like winter, it has to happen in order for things to be regenerated. There has to be things that happen in our lives that cause us to slow down in order for us to fully bloom back into the people we're supposed to be. If we choose to take that as part of the process, 
which is hard. And most of us don't, sometimes we resist it or we think, Oh God, like what's wrong with me? Hard shit's happening. Why is this happening to me? Why me? You know, we kind of get pulled into that, like for lack of a better description, victim mentality, rather than kind of like you're saying, asking maybe what is this here to teach me or what is this here to help me see differently or how am I being called to utilize this in my life now? Um, I heard another person that I, and again, this is kind of like talking about what we're just talking about, but I follow this person on Instagram and he's a, he's a psychic. His name's Phil Goodlife. And he was saying, I think this was yesterday. Like, if you're feeling melancholic or depressed or sad, so often, like we think that means something's wrong with us or something's wrong. And really it's just a message to sometimes needing to take us to the underworld a little bit to gain new wisdom, to gain new insight so that we can then come out of that space with new ideas or new ways of creating. I mean, it's kind of like your grief project would have never happened unless you had been taken to the underworld Mm -hmm. of what you were dealing with, with losing your mom. And I think that was such a beautiful illustration of how you took that hard time and really put it into art. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I would love to do that more. I would love to not necessarily feel like I need to be taken into the underworld more um, to create things more. Like you said, we're part of nature. We're also like, we are creation and we're creators Mm -hmm. and I think we're here to create. And so I think that's an area where you can tap into that meaning making for yourself is, uh, through creation, through, you know, whatever that looks like for you. If you're big into journaling or, uh, you know, for me, it would be photography. It would be doing cool concepts or things that are a little bit outside the box and not worrying about what anybody else thinks about it. Um, I think I've gotten there in my personal life and with, in this podcast of not worrying necessarily about what others think. I think sometimes with art, it can feel a little bit even more vulnerable to, to share that. But one thing I really loved about the grief project was, uh, what's so cool about any piece of art is like, I don't own it and you don't own it. Like it, it's there, you create it, you put it out into the world and people can decide what it means. You know, I can decide what it means for me, but that doesn't mean that that's what the piece of art means. So I think that that's, it's a beautiful way of like seeing things from just a more open perspective of this thing can mean 50 different things to 50 different people. And so my encouragement to this week is to get out there and create more. Um, And through that creating, I think it will help you find more meaning within your life. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful soul work, honestly. Like, what can you create this week? How can you tap more into like the energy of creating and imagining again? Because I think that is what helps us to make meaning with all of the things that happen in this lifetime. I think that is where a lot of great art has come from, you know, is people 
going into the depths and then coming back out and like wanting to figure out like, what was that for and making something out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you being called to be a maker? Yeah. And what are you creating this week? I I just had, I, I was flooded with like five different ideas of things to do and they don't have to be that hard. Like one of them's getting a googly eye and putting it on my forehead and taking a photo of myself, a self portrait because of a film that I was inspired by very simple and something I could easily do. But you know, I think we, like I said, I'm guilty of it, like highly guilty of it, of just, you know, what's the path of least resistance? What's the easiest Mm -hmm. thing for me to do versus how can I really go into myself, go inward and, and explore what's there about my humanity and about humanity as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I think the other piece to creating and putting something out in the world is risking being misunderstood. And I think that's part of what holds us back sometimes. Yeah. Cause people aren't going to always understand your creation. I mean, I, I, I was just so shocked by, um, we went to Van Gogh alive and, seeing all of Van Gogh's like beautiful art. And it's like, he was dead before anybody even really cared about what he created. And he died by suicide and it's fucking sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like when you think about it, but he still created and he still put his like work out into the world. And we will never understand like why things happen the way they happen. But I think what's most real is answering that call of your soul. If you feel it's calling you to create something, anything, whatever it is, you should fucking do it. Yeah. Because if you think about all the great artists, actors, directors of the world, if they had decided not to like comedians, if, if they decide they're not going to follow their passion or their craft, then it's going to be a much more dull and uninteresting world. So Uh, I think that that goes, holds true to us too. You know, follow your passions, follow your craft, whatever that is for you and stay wild. Cheers. Peace out. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed or following the show by hitting the plus symbol in the upper right-hand corner. If you want to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at Love Wild Collective. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters.